Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, folks. Today's guest is Dr. Chloe Weber, who is a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. She is a master herbalist, and she is the co-founder of Radical Roots, which is a company that makes incredible herbal formulas, Chinese herbal formulas as well. She is an expert in CBD, and uh, some of the products, as she explains, also include full-spectrum hemp as a as an ingredient and we talk about hemp we talk about cbd we talk about the endocannabinoid system we talk about traditional chinese herbs where all these things cross over it's a wide-ranging discussion and of course we also talk about her favorite topic and if you saw the pictures you could see why her beautiful son remy this boy is uh defines a lot of who chloe is and where she is today and her reason of being and the whole nine yards. And it is truly a beautiful love story. So I invite you to consume this podcast, maybe with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, just sit back and relax. It's uh, full of information. And I think a pretty heartwarming stories in there as well. To connect with Chloe, the website for Radical Roots is Radical Roots herbs.com. So it's plural on the roots and the herbs. If you decide to go shopping and get something for yourself, you can use discount code longevity, which will give you 15% off anything in the store. And yes, this, you know, I've actually, I haven't been talking about this much, but this is an affiliate code and the affiliate revenue that I get from these discount codes when you use them is really what allows me to fund the podcast and pay all the people that work behind the scenes to bring it to you. So hopefully that makes you feel good about using the code if you choose to do so. And if you get value from this podcast, then please make sure to send it out to your friends, to your networks, share it with people and make sure to leave us a review because it's those reviews that really allow us to rise up the ranks, get more amazing guests and reach more people with our message. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you guys and enjoy the episode. Hey folks, just a little bit of housekeeping before we launch into the episode. Please remember that all of the information provided in these podcasts is for information purposes only. We are never offering treatments, cures, whatever, for any kind of disease or medical condition. Anything you hear about here is going to be intriguing. There's some research around it, but make sure that you check with your medical provider before you go off and do any of this stuff for yourself. All right. So enjoy the episode. And also, if you're looking to connect with me for any reason, with your comments, questions, whatever it may be, you can reach me through my website, which is natnidham.com, or you can find me on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, or on MeWe in the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Group. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Natalie Nidham. Natalie is with an H between the T and the A, the second A. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. Hey folks, just a quick word about a super exciting project I've got coming up this year for the very first time 
I'll be co-hosting a five-day intensive retreat, a women's longevity and resilience retreat in beautiful Cabarete, Dominican Republic from March 25th to March 30th. If you want to learn more about this, please go to my website, natnidham.com and click on the retreat tabs at the top of the page. Not only will you learn about your own genetics, but you'll also be learning about your own biological age. We'll be doing live blood cell analysis. We're going to be deep diving into all things biohacking, personalizing it for you. You'll get to have massages, go for hikes, go to the beach, sunrise walks, sunset walks, you name it. We've packed it all in. So to learn more, once again, go to natnidham.com and go to the retreats tab at the top of the page. Also, keep an eye on my Instagram account. I'll be hosting some Instagram lives over the next few weeks so that you can get your questions answered live. That's it. That's all. And I just had to tell you about this really exciting development. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome, Dr. Chloe Weber, to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. It's such an honor to be here. I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, we've been, well, we've been planning this since what? Since we, since after the Upgrade Labs conference, when I finally reached out to you, because I think I got my hands on, you were giving out little samples of CBD or something and of these CBD gel caps. And I love them. <laughs> but of course, I only got the sample. I was like, oh, I want more of this. So I finally, and, and finally reached out. And um, so, yeah, so we've been trying to make this happen for a couple of months. So I'm so glad that we did. It's going to be fun. I'm, I love nerding out with you. Yeah, no, likewise. And of course, you should, as you guys probably know, we've probably could have recorded three podcasts before this podcast, <laughs> just from our chit chat, from our warm up chat um, before we started recording. But um, Chloe, why don't we just start where I normally start with my guests and really is to ask you what yours, you know, what is your story? You know, what got you here today? What's your journey? Because you're in a very specific niche of traditional Chinese herbal medicine and CBD. So two really interesting topics. But how did you get here? Did you grow up thinking this is what you wanted to be doing? Tell us about yourself. <laughs> Oh, well, this is always a fun question because it's very hard to decide where to start. Um, but generally, when I was in high school, I actually ended up with a rare tropical disease called cutaneous leishmaniasis. I'd been hiking in Costa Rica. So that led me to become fascinated with epidemiology and with public health. And so after college, I started studying uh, to potentially be a nurse and go into nurse practitioner to be a nurse practitioner and work with uh, children with cancer. But once I started looking in the hospital, I was finding that really a lot of the things that they were doing were just sort of putting a Band-Aid on issues that were going on instead of really addressing the underlying ailments that were causing the issues. And it really just didn't feel like an appropriate path for me. So I had gotten acupuncture for quitting smoking when I was a teenager, and I'd gotten acupuncture for allergies. And I sort of stumbled into the School of Chinese Medicine in Denver and looked at this massive wall of Chinese herbs and started studying it. And two weeks later, I find, signed up for school and had no idea how intense school for Chinese medicine is. How, uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I actually really love giving a little background on this because people often think that it's essentially like a certificate program, but really just for the masters in Chinese medicine, it's a three-year program. You do eight classes a semester, three semesters a year. So it's the course equivalent wow. of four and a half master's degrees or two and a half law degrees in three years. That is unbelievable. Um, 
it's insane. And then I've gone on to do my doctorate since then. Um, but so I, I absolutely love Chinese medicine. I'm in love with the idea of using Chinese herbs as a public health intervention because they're so safe, so effective and so incredibly versatile. And the system is just so, so brilliant. But so when I graduated school, my dream was to open up a clinic that was a nonprofit sliding scale herb clinic so that I could bring this to the masses. And two months later, I had a beautiful little boy named Remy and was diagnosed at two and a half with a really rare genetic disorder called STXBP1. So for those of you who don't know about these rare genetic disorders, there are a bunch of particularly rare gene disorders that have to do with certain proteins. And a lot of them present very similarly. So with global delays, ataxia, apraxia, many of these children, including Remy, are nonverbal, cognitively disabled. Uh, Remy just started walking this past year, which has been amazing and terrifying, all rolled up (laughs) in one. (laughs) Uh, And and often all of these children have epilepsy, pretty severe. So Remy's Uh, Remy has intractable epilepsy. He's never responded well to seizure meds. So that's sort of what led me into the world of cannabis medicine and CBD. So when I was, you know, looking to see the different ways that I could be able to support him, you know, I was looking into all the research on using CBD to help with epilepsy. And what I was finding was that most of these products were really one size fits all. Mm-hmm. They didn't kind of live up to my standard as an herbalist or a, <laughs> as I like to endearingly call myself a psycho mom. So, <laughs> so after stomping my feet and offering the right formulas for a couple of companies for free, I just decided to do it myself and started Radical Roots. So we combined complete spectrum hemp that's really lovingly grown in a biodynamic way with, you know, uh, water brought down from like healing springs in the mountains of Colorado to water it, um, you know, and then extracted with this really cool spagyric extraction technique. So we combine the Chinese herbs and the CBD, potentiate the actions and really look at it through the lens of Chinese medicine. So it's been really fun. It's been a bit of a wild ride. Um, but, uh, but I, I'm really, really proud of our products. So that's what led me to CBD and Chinese herbs. Amazing. I actually didn't know that part about how you brought the two together. So, um, that's really interesting. I mean, I have a fair amount of experience with traditional Chinese medicine only because when I went through, well, no, actually the first time I really had acupuncture was I had, um, a back spasm, but the kind of back spasm that sends you to an ER, like I couldn't move my head. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I couldn't sit. I couldn't lie down. Like it was kind of in my upper back. And so I went to the ER, they gave me antispasmodics and Percocet and whatever else and sent me on my way and said, well, you know, just take these every four hours until it goes away. And so, you know, that would, I mean, it saved my bacon for about 48 hours and 48 hours in I'm outside trying to get to mare. And uh, my neighbor says to me, oh, you need to meet Jao Lan. And I'm like, I don't know what Jao Lan is. And he's like, oh, no, you need to go meet Jao Lan. Anyway, so Jao Lan is a traditional Chinese medicine doctor here. She's an acupuncturist. And obviously, the more advanced acupuncturists, I think, all use herbs. And she has like a little mini hospital in Toronto. And they... by some luck, dumb luck, they had an appointment that day and I did not take another painkiller or antispasmodic after that day. It took them about two or three weeks to put Humpty Dumpty back together again fully because it was a pretty intense event, whatever the heck it was that happened. But from there, that was like my introduction into 
acupuncture and herbs. And then the next one was when I went through menopause and I would say they got through me. They got me through the worst of my menopause symptoms with the herbs and the acupuncture. And now I'm going to shut up because this is, this is your podcast, but no, no, no. I, I, to me, it, it's such a, it's such a powerful modality that's so underestimated. And I'm not surprised that it's four masters and three PhDs or whatever to get certified because it's 5,000 years of data and clinical information. Right. So I always tell people, especially, you know, people often ask whether um, convincing people about CBD being safe is harder um, than convincing people about Chinese herbs. And most people are more resistant about Chinese herbs, to be honest at this point. And it drives me crazy because I'm like, you know, this is an evidence-based practice that has been researched for thousands of years. You know, Western medicine as it's practiced today has only been around for about a hundred years. Chinese yeah. medicine has been around for thousands of years. We've had millions of doctors doing research on this and building to our body of knowledge. Um, one thing that's also really interesting to note which I was, um, I was rereading a study about this last night, but um, acupuncture actually seems to work on the endocannabinoid system. So that's one of the ways in which acupuncture is actually seems to be able to help modulate pain, which both CBD, uh, THC and acupuncture are all amazing things for pain modulation and really, really helpful for people who have been injured or have chronic pain issues, um, neuropathic pain, it's, it's really all amazing. I'm so happy you brought that up because I I was sitting here wondering, is there a tie-in? You know, is there a tie-in between? And I think that brings up a really good introduction to one of the things I think I'd love for us to talk about is the endocannabinoid system, which is this 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 system in your body that we carry genes for it, and it it, it can operate quite differently in different people, which explains why some people respond better to something than other some CBD products than others. I think, uh, but maybe you can you can talk a little bit about that endocannabinoid system and how it is that with acupuncture you can tap into it because it's it's under underexposed, if you will. People just don't know about it. Totally. So the endocannabinoid system was discovered about 30 years ago. And since then, they've done a ton of research on it and more and more stuff is coming out. But the basics are that it's a system of different receptors and enzymes within our body that sort of keep us in that Goldilocks zone. It's sort of keeping us not too hot, not too cold, you know, keeping everything balanced. So if you're stressed, it'll sort of bring that down. It sort of works as an adaptogenic system in your body. So you're keeping yourself really in that, in that, that happy space, the middle way, as we talked about. Yes, which we will talk about some more. <laughs> um, but basically the main receptors that they've found so far, are the CB1 and the CB2 receptors, the CB1 receptors are primarily found within the brain and the nervous system. And those are acted directly upon by um, THC. So THC is a cannabinoid that's found in hemp or in cannabis um, that has the psychotropic effects. Whereas CBD, which is we're hearing about, is also found in these plants, but does not have psychotropic effects. Instead of acting directly upon the receptors, CBD actually increases the amount of uh, endocannabinoids that are available. So basically these receptors are um, all right, so the CB2 receptors, sorry, I got a little twisted there. The CB2 receptors are mainly found throughout the immune system, but throughout the rest of the body as well. 
Um, so basically the CB1 and CB2 receptors are acted upon by these two endocannabinoids. So these endocannabinoids are cannabinoids that we have within our body. They're endogenous cannabinoids. It's anandamide and this other one called 2-AG. So anandamide is commonly referred to as the bliss molecule. So what CBD does is it actually increases the amount of anandamide that's available for these receptors. So what's interesting about the endocannabinoid system is that these endocannabinoids, anandamide and 2-AG, are actually made on demand. So if you are stressed out, then it sends a signal to the endocannabinoid system, and then they create these uh, these uh, endocannabinoids. And <laughs> this, is, this is the tongue twister today. <laughs> these compounds, anandamide and the other way. And they come out and they regulate the system and then they're broken down by different enzymes. So they're not, they don't stay in the system. So what right. CBD does is it keeps those enzymes in, this, in those uh, cannabinoids in the system um, instead of working directly on those receptors. So that's one of the reasons why you want a full spectrum hemp extract because you actually want a hemp extract that has a little bit of THC on it in it because that THC acts on the CB1 and CB2 receptors directly, really potentiates the action of the hemp extract overall, makes it a safer, more effective product where you have to use less of it. Right. And so, but the THC in those amounts is not the, uh, enough to create the psychotropic effects. Like it's not going to make you high particularly. No, no, no. It's not right. going to So make we're talking high. like little tiny traces. So yeah, so Canada and the States, I believe it's the same in Canada, you can only have 0.3% THC in your products, which is next to nothing. You're not going to get high. I take, I've, I've tried taking like a whole bottle of my herbs. <laughs> um, you know, but one thing that is interesting and can lead to um, a shift in how people respond to it, and this is something we're going to get to, is this idea of endocannabinoid deficiency. So back in the day, we used to have hemp in our diets, as well as hemp used to be in the diets of our animals that we would eat, like chickens and cows and whatnot. So then we would have more cannabinoids in our food. Um, so since they took hemp out of our diet completely, um, a lot of people seem to be at the state of endocannabinoid deficiency. And this actually seems to be tying into a lot of the autoimmune issues, inflammatory issues that are going on in our society. This is why I think that when hemp came out and CBD came out as a supplement, it had this massive flush of people who were just like completely right. blown away by it because their endocannabinoid systems were just being turned on because there's not very much else that's gonna turn on the endocannabinoid system. Acupuncture does as well, because it can send, you know, those, uh, can send, uh, it can send signals to your nervous system to activate those endocannabinoids and release the anandamide and like help with those happy feelings, help with the pain relief, help with that regulation of the body because that's really primarily what acupuncture does. Um, but but it's, I think it's a really interesting concept and it's something that's fun to play with with patients because as they come in, they have these inflammatory disorders. A lot of them have autoimmune disorders. I treat a lot of people who have these sort of chronic challenging disorders that are multifaceted and very complex. Um, once they start taking CBD, sometimes it can be a pretty intense response. So sometimes they'll just want to sleep for 12 hours 
or sometimes, you know, they, they get more energy, but it's, it's interesting to watch. But I do think that a lot of it has to do with how deprived they are of cannabinoids. So I do tend to talk to people about their cannabis use. I also live in Colorado to see sort of where they might be on that spectrum. Cause if they haven't used any sort of cannabis and haven't, uh, don't have hemp in their diet in any way, shape or form, sometimes starting on a CBD supplement can be a little bit overwhelming for your system. So you just want to Modulate it. So would eating hemp actually help to does eating hemp like hemp seeds, hemp hearts, right? Hemp hearts are readily available at a at the store. Is there any appreciable benefit to eating those hemp products or are you talking about something that's a lot more potent? Yeah, more concentrated. So if you're eating like the hemp plant, you would get more of it. The hemp hearts seem to have, I think they have great, I think it's great omega-3s and omega Yeah. Um, I love them. I, I think they're delicious also. Um, <laughs> they make a good uh, hot cereal with chia seeds and stuff, actually. Um, no, I feed them to my son a lot. But um, but no, I think they're delicious. I think that they're great to eat. But no, more just like if you're okay. eating the whole plant. And there's actually, there's some companies that are starting to recommend juicing hemp, which is an interesting technique because, you know, one thing that's interesting with hemp also is so based on the extraction, you're going to get different cannabinoids. So Mm -hmm. while THC and CBD are the most well-studied ones and the ones that we look at the most, there are about 113 different cannabinoids in the hemp plant. And so we're just trying to find out what's going on with all of those. And so as you heat the hemp plant, the cannabinoids change from one to another. So it's, they call it decarboxylation. It's really interesting, but it's also interesting to tie that back into Chinese medicine. Yes. uh, With Chinese herbs, one of the things that we often do is for our Chinese herbal formulas, we'll have herbs that will cook in um, like vinegar or cook in honey to mitigate the, or potentiate or mitigate some of the either toxic effects or increase some of the effects that we're looking for. Um, so it's in, it was always really interesting to me to see how much cooking hemp affects how the cannabinoids act and present in the plant and in the final product. And then it was just funny looking back and, you know, you sort of think of like Chinese herbalists cooking things in honey and you're like, oh, what is this really doing? But then it's like probably a whole hell of a lot that we do. Fascinating. And <laughs> Yeah, no, that's really fascinating. This whole idea of extraction with using these different active compounds mm-hmm. um, is really, really interesting. So, so in my in my notes here of of topics to explore with you, <laughs> we talk about. Well, let's stay on CBD for a little longer, and then I, you know, we're gonna. I I want to get back to the to the Chinese herbs, and we'll. I guess we'll keep hopping back and forth between them. But I had a note here to ask you about CBD and neurological health um, and even CBD and gut health. So, um, you know, gut health in particular, I think you can't throw a, you can't throw a rock without hitting someone who's got some kind of gut imbalance. Right. Um, So that's, that's a huge one, which as a result can often result in neurological issues or autoimmune issues or whatever the health may be. So, if we believe and we know that the gut is the seat of health or lack thereof, um, we could start there and then move into the CBD for neurological health, if you don't mind. So maybe start with the gut health, how CBD. So again, I'm guessing endocannabinoids live in the gut. They do. Yeah. 
Indeed, they're everywhere, it seems. Um, it is pretty fun, I will say. If you ever feel like, you're like, I'm curious what CBD does with, you know, like the vagus nerve, like look it up. There's tons of research. Like That's amazing. Anytime, anytime I'm like, I wonder how it affects the eyes. Like, you know, I, I find this whole list of research. Um, so it's, it's very, very cool. Um, so in Chinese medicine, we actually have a whole school of medicine uh, that's focused on gut health, the school of the spleen and stomach in Chinese medicine. Yeah. And so it's something that we've understood for a very, very long time that the, the root of health is in your gut and that the gut affects the brain and how that's working. Um, so I, I just absolutely love how much Western research reinforces stuff that, that these brilliant doctors figured out hundreds and thousands of years ago. But I found it really interesting how much CBD actually potentiates the gut and really curious, especially since CBD is typically used for neurological disorders. Mm -hmm. uh, so CBD actually, there's research showing that CBD actually tightens uh, tight junctions. Um, so it's going to help with leaky gut. It also helps modulate the immune response in the GI. So there's a lot of research coming out on how it can be effective with Crohn's or IBS. Um, I've actually had patients get Palmetto Harmony is another CBD company and they have suppositories, mm -hmm. so you rectal or vaginal suppositories with CBD. And that can be really, really effective uh, for some people. Um, it's not something that we've invested in with Radical Roots yet. We're a pretty small company, but, um, but it is something that people could also make at home with our products if they wanted to. Um, but how else is CBD? CBD increases, uh, I always say it wrong, but Moncophilia acromantia. Okay. Yeah. So specific, um, specific gut bug. Yeah. Well, and that one's a, a gut bug that's being researched a ton and it's, it's, it's one of the hot ones right now. So I yeah. think it's not one that can, um, that can be supplemented as like a probiotic, but it's one that sort of your gut needs to create. But that one actually has been researched in terms of uh, the keto diet seems to potentiate that bacteria. Yeah. And that's part of the way that some research indicates that the keto diet may be helpful with epilepsy or is helpful with epilepsy, but that may be one of the ways in which the keto diet is helping with epilepsy. And then there's research on that bacteria uh, for MS as well, which is really mm -hmm. interesting. There's just a research study that came out about MS potentially being a viral issue, which is I just that, that that study's making the rounds like the Epstein-Barr virus linked to MS, right? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I th I, yeah. I think the latent uh, the latent viral pathogens are really just so insidious in our population. So it's exciting to see that um, that that's getting more research and more. You know, it's it's hard to find these things. <laughs> they yeah. hide the immune system in our bodies pretty well. Um, but CBD also actually helps regulate um, peristalsis. Yeah. Uh, and there's CBD receptors along the vagus nerve, which is really interesting. And so it really ties in the whole gut brain axis. Um, but, oh, and then there's a ton of research on CBD with colon cancer, um, in terms of, uh, preventing and helping with treating colon cancer. So there's, it, there's a lot that can go on there. How would they do that? Like, what would be the mechanism of action there potentially? Like, do you think through the immune system or, it's got to be of the immune system regulating um, regulating the the digestive function, reducing inflammation, and then I was reading a study about how the tumor microenvironment, yeah, um, like how CBD seems to modulate this tumor microenvironment. 
So, which I think is also interesting because it's like, it's just tying into the idea of like, you know, do we, do we foster health or do we, you know, do we do a one-off attack at something, you know, it's like CBD just helps balance and strengthen the body, reduce inflammation, regulate the immune system in such a beautiful way that it's ultimately just, you know, bring your body back to where it should be. And I think that that's what's happening on an acute level in these areas where there, there might be cancer as well. Um, so again, like, you know, there's, there's research coming out on it. Obviously I'm not making any claims or anything, yeah. um, but people should look into it. I, I have multiple oncology patients that I've been working with. I have one with a very severe glial blastoma that's been taking a ton of CBD. That's been really, really helpful. And there's some fascinating research on that. Um, you know, again, things like this, everybody should be talking to their doctor and making sure that they're doing their research and, you know, not a one size fits all or just a one off recommendation. But, yeah. um, but there is some really, really interesting research coming out. Um, but then as you move up the, the vagus nerve to the brain, um, you know, CBD, it, uh, it's an agonist of the 5-HC1A pathway, which is the same pathway that most SSRIs work on. Yeah. Um, so it increases signals through the serotonin receptors there. So that's really amazing. It also increases neurogenesis in the hippocampus. So the hippocampus stores a lot of our memories, right? So one mm-hmm. of the reasons why CBD seems to be so effective in PTSD and veterans and, you know, people like me who have a seizure kid, who have chronic traumatic stress disorder, which is the term for us special needs moms. Yeah, um, well. <laughs> CBD really helps uh, helps regulate those, those memories and helps uh, increase neurogenesis there so that we're able to process those in a really healthy way. Um, it also reduces inflammation in the brain and then it acts as an agonist on the trip channels, especially the trip B1 channels, yeah. which right calcium channel modulation. Um, so it's, it's really cool. I mean, there are just so many different ways. It modulates a bunch of different ions in the brain. And there's so many different ways that are coming out that are just fascinating. I mean, yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, so help me understand this. So we said at the beginning, and I think one of the things you started with is that it, there's not a CBD, mm-hmm. like there's going to be for all these different things that we're talking about here, is it going to be different strains of CBD or is it going to be different aspects of CBD? Is it going to be a different kind of CBD or is it just, I go out and buy something that says CBD on it and I'm going to get all these benefits. And I guess I know the answer to that is no, because then you wouldn't have started the way that you did, which was you got sick and tired of getting the wrong stuff. (laughs) So how do people know, like, how do you know what, what, what to get and what to do? I mean, I've got these pills downstairs from a company that claims they're going to make me happy. I'm like, okay, maybe, but how do you know it's going to make me happy? Because my brain chemistry is very different from the next person. Totally. So CBD, CBD is one molecule. So that is going to help regulate the endocannabinoid system, however you're getting it. But there are a couple of things that we want to talk about for sure. So one is the entourage effect. So basically that's the idea that the whole is significantly greater than the parts. And research shows this time and time again when we're looking at herbal medicine versus pharmaceutical isolate. So, 
you know, if you're looking at uh, CBD isolate pharmaceutical, like they created this drug uh, Epidiolex or Sativex are drugs for epilepsy and other neurological disorders. They're, they've been brought out by GW Pharma. Yes. So there was a meta-analysis done about two years ago that showed that in order to reach the same seizure threshold with Epidiolex versus a complete spectrum plant extract, so the whole plant being extracted, you needed about six times the amount of the pharmaceutical, and it had about six times the amount of adverse side effects, both severe and mild. So doctors are much more comfortable (laughs) prescribing these because A, they're covered by insurance, B, they're more regulated, which is absolutely true. Yeah. And C, you know, it's more in their wheelhouse and whatever. Uh, Since CBD is being used as a pharmaceutical, it also puts a very big stranglehold on what we are able to say as herbalists and um, and companies, yeah. because we can't talk about CBD as a product. So once a, a constituent is being used in the pharmaceutical, so now we can only talk about whole hemp extract. So that's why like on my bottles, you'll see like complete hemp extract instead of CBD. You'll never see CBD on there. Um, but some of the things to look for in terms of a good product. Yeah. Um, well, just to get back to the entourage for just one more second. So The other things that are in the plant that make it so much more powerful and so much more safe and effective as a whole plant, you know, there are terpenes. So these are like the essential oils that are in the plant. So for anybody who may or may not have smelled marijuana before, it's a very pungent smell and each flower is going to smell different than the next one. That's the terpene profile. That smell, it's the different terpenes in there. Those are really important. Like you can tell how important they are by how much the plant smells. And they have really amazing medicinal qualities in there also. So if you think about essential oils, those are essentially a part of the plant and they're a part of the healing properties of the plant. Um, And then as we were saying, there are about 113 cannabinoids in the plant. So we want as much of that in there as well. The way that we do our extraction, we do uh, a spagyric extraction, which is where my manufacturer tinctures the herbs, the hemp and the Chinese herbs together, takes that alcohol extraction, uh, puts that to the side, that's considered to be the spirit of the plants, and then takes all the plants and burns them for six to eight hours from the ashes, which is considered the the body of the plant, from the ashes, it reconstitutes all the salts and minerals. So hemp is a really mineral rich plant. And so to me, I feel like the more of the plant we're getting into the final product, the more effective it is. And that's something that I, I personally certainly can attest to when it comes to our products. But so he takes the salts and minerals and puts it back into the alcohol tincture, combining the body and the spirit Um, And then we get the water soluble and the oil soluble components of the plant instead of just the oil soluble or the water soluble and all the salts and minerals. So we're really getting as much of the plant as possible. So it's really sort of that sacred whole plant medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of bad products out there and it's really, really unfortunate and heartbreaking to me because a lot of people who are looking for hemp medicine are looking for something because they're really in a desperate situation. They've heard that they can really be effective for anxiety, for depression, for neurological conditions. So one thing to be really aware of is that hemp is a um, hyperaccumulator. So hemp actually cleans the earth of toxins. So it's amazing because if you are growing hemp really ethically, if you're doing it in a biodynamic way, 
Um, you're going to clean the earth. You're going to potentiate topsoil. You're going to save the world and you're going to heal yourself <laughs> at the same time. It's like the coolest thing we can possibly do. But if you're growing hemp in a place that is filled with glyphosate or heavy metals in the dirt, you know, like it is just going to accumulate all of that. And that's going to be in the final product. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you can find third party testing on the company's website. Um, I'm pretty good about this, but if it's, if there's ever one anybody's looking for, they can always email. Um, but, um, you know, third party testing should always be readily available. So you can see that there are no heavy metals, pesticides, any of that in there. And that's one of the concerns that a lot of people have with Chinese herbs also. So yes. we're, we're very, very psychotic about it. I mean, I'm very much adamant that if I would not put it in my child, I would not sell it to anybody. And I'm just about as, as neurotic as it is for that child. So you guys are all good if you're trying our products, but there are some other really great brands out there as well, obviously. Um, but it's, it, that's one of the main things. Another thing to keep an eye out for is if you see a CBD product that has like an insane amount of cannabinoids in it, <laughs> Um, and they say that they're complete spectrum, but they're not charging a lot of money for it or like not a appropriate amount. Like we're, we're priced pretty, pretty level with, uh, with the market. Um, but you know, I'll see CBD does that say that they have like 2000 milligrams of CBD in there. Um, and it's complete spectrum. And it's like the same price as my, you know, 750 milligram bottle or whatever, so a lot of times what they'll do is they'll use some of the whole plant extract and then they'll dump a bunch of CBD isolate into that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much any like drink or candy or whatnot, most of those are just going to be CBD isolates, mm -hmm. uh, including the gummies, I believe. So while they're going to be helpful because you are getting that CBD activation, you're getting that, you know, endocannabinoid support. Um, it's not having that, that, full plant extract. Um, so you're not getting like the full therapeutic benefits as exactly. they were, because definitely like the, I mean, where I live, there's an increasing number of products available to people. Like there's drinks as you, as you just mentioned. Um, and um, so instead of having wine, you might have a CBD drink, which Personally, I, if, I, if I had to choose, I would probably pick the CBD drink, not, and I don't, you know, I'll have like a little bit and I'll be quite, quite happy. I like to get to that kind of relaxed state that other people might do with wine. I don't happen to enjoy wine or alcohol much, so it's not my jam kind of thing. And so that, but I would imagine that as limited as it might be, it's still going to have some, some kind of benefits to the system that alcohol in some ways doesn't offer. No. I mean, I love my wine. I Those of you listening to this, you should see her face right now. <laughs> I'm like, no. I love my wine. I'm not going to hate on it. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, CBD, I mean, obviously a CBD drink, as long as it's, you know, not loaded with sugar and all sorts of toxins, natural flavors, of course. stuff, um, is going to be more beneficial. I, you know, I, I just got an email about one that I was excited. I was like, oh, I got to buy this and try it. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting those cannabinoids are going to be helpful no matter what. But as I was saying, you'll probably need a significantly higher amount to get the same therapeutic effects yeah. or to get even close to the therapeutic effects of a high quality, complete, complete plant extract. 
For sure. And you're not using it therapeutically, frankly. You're using it in the social situation for to relax, not to heal your gut or, you know, balance your neurological system or or whatever the case may be. But it's nice to know that it's going to have some it, it, it can offer some some benefits without some of the downsides of alcohol. But I think, you know, what's interesting is and you've mentioned this a couple of times, there's still a stigma associated with CBD. Um, that alcohol, for whatever reason, doesn't carry, which is, I think, hilarious personally, because if you look at the damage that alcohol has done to society as a whole, um, it's a thing. Like, it's just huge. I mean, you think about this past two years and like the levels of stress that people have been under, um, you know, if you could, if you could take a choice between, you know, a CBD drink or alcohol and like calm down and really support your system in a healthy way, even, I mean, even cannabis and, and smoking marijuana, like, is it for everybody? Is it for all day, everyday use? No, but it has very real medicinal qualities. I mean, I always talk to people, you know, a lot of people are very hesitant about THC, but THC actually, since it acts on the CB1 receptors, is incredibly effective for a lot of the neurological conditions. So now we can actually look at it more therapeutically and more through the lens of science and herbology. So like for somebody like my son who has, you know, catastrophic epilepsy, CBD doesn't totally touch it for him but we could increase the THC amount and get a better response for him most likely because that's activating the CB1 receptors more directly. But what we can do is we can make a ratio where he's not going to be stoned, but he's actually going to get that CB1 receptor activation at a higher level than the 0.3%. And so that's what I find. And that's not what we're doing with Remy right now, but like for a lot of patients with MS, like I will have them take one of our tinctures and then get a THC tincture and then titrate it. So you're getting a little bit more of that THC, but you're not you know, you're, you're still functioning. You're not getting stoned, really. It might take a little bit of the edge off a bit or make things a little yeah. more shinily. shinily, shinily. Um, but also for, for neuropathic pain or really severe pain, you know, a lot of times you do want to increase that THC a little bit. But yeah, I absolutely, you know, I, I think cannabis, as with everything, needs to be looked at through a cost risk benefit for each person and individualized. Um, but in terms of cannabis versus um, versus alcohol, and, and certainly in terms of CBD versus alcohol, I mean, it's it's very clear that it's, it's not only safer, but it's much healthier and has significant benefit for your body and mind. I love it. No, it's um, and and I I also I'm, I love the way you're talking about this in terms of personalizing this approach, in terms of finding that balance, the sweet spot for that person so that you're not using a sledgehammer, you know, for a tiny little finishing nail here. You're really going at it in a very precise, titrated way to hit that benefit for the person without pushing them over the edge. So. I think that's, you know, it, it, it just very often it gets lost. And, you know, what's interesting is the sensibility you bring to this as an herbalist, right? And you're approaching, you're approaching CBD with the same sensibility as you would any other medicinal herb. Hey folks, just a quick second to thank our sponsor for this episode, Oxford HealthSpan, who make Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. It has been shown to positively affect 
six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protection of DNA, as well as proper folding of proteins. That's just two of the six. In terms of visible results that people can expect to see after just one to three months, many users report better sleep, better hair, as well as better skin and nails. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients while including a prebiotic to feed your own gut bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. To try Primadine for yourself, just go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. Going back to your herbal roots though. So there were a couple of things. There was CBD and pharmaceuticals we were going to talk about because talking about how it can either augment or maybe blunt the effect of certain pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? And like, it'll, it'll interact. Like it's, it's, it's a psych, it's, it acts on your system (laughs) as do the pharmaceuticals. Totally. So CBD, actually it's a potent inhibitor of the CYP3A4 and another pathway in the liver as well, which is where about a quarter of our drugs are metabolized. Yeah. So basically if you have a medication that has a grapefruit warning on it, yeah. CBD is most likely going to increase the serum levels of those medications. So statins, said, rise, statins uh, calcium channel blockers, benzos, antihistamines, antiretrovirins, virals, <laughs> antipsychotics, <laughs> beta blockers, and opioids are all drugs that you want to think about. CBD can increase the serum levels of that. Okay. So, you know, A, you want to talk with your doctor if you want to be good and responsible. B, you can take them at separate times to be safe. And C, this is also a way that I've worked with other doctors and my patients in order to help patients wean off of some of these meds. Wow. So I know that a lot of people have gotten on SSRIs, even antipsychotics. Um, a lot, a lo- there's been a, a whole lot of stress in the past two years and people are looking for help wherever they can find it. And I totally respect that a lot of people have gone on these pharmaceuticals looking for help. Sure. Rather, these pharmaceuticals have a tremendous amount of side effects and addictive um, qualities to it and can impact your day-to-day life in other ways that were unforeseen. A lot of times the answer is just add more medications. And if people are looking for ways to go in the other direction, you know, they could talk to their doctors about using CBD to help increase the serum levels of these medications. So they can start decreasing the amount of the medication that they're taking and Mm -hmm. help wean off of that, whether that's weaning off completely or using that as a bridge or a buffer, Uh, towards something else. But it is something that people should be aware of. And it's something that's worked very, very well for me with my patients that have been on SSRIs who have been wanting to get off of them. Well, and I think it bears emphasizing that this is in collaboration with your practitioner and your doctor. Like you want, you don't want to be kind of winging this necessarily on your own. Um, I think that's, that's an easy way to kind of get into trouble, but definitely working with someone with some experience who has a sense of the amplification effects or scale. I mean, a lot of these medications, uh, you know, if you go off of them cold turkey uh, or too quickly, then, you know, the risk of suicidal ideation and other really severe side effects can be very, very high. So I absolutely do not recommend doing that without, you know, a practitioner's guidance who is well-versed in this. Um, But I do think that it's worth talking to them Mm -hmm. 
something that you're interested in. And if your doctor is not interested in it, then find a doctor that will support you in your health goals. And that's just a, a common thread. Uh, as a mom of a child with special needs, I will always advocate, find the doctor that will listen to what you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And walk with you. Right. And because we're all on this journey. And I think that you know, the, what's what's happening more and more is people are looking for that doctor who's going to walk with them, who's going to be open to different and new things and new ways of approaching problems, as opposed to an older model, which is still very prevalent today, which is, first of all, as a consumer, having the expectation that the doctor has all the answers and is just going to tell you what to do. Um, and that, I mean, that will always remain a thing for a lot of people out there, but I think that certainly in the health optimization world, we've taken, these are people who have taken much more of, of an interest and, um, and an active role in their health journey. And so what they're looking for really is that doctor and that practitioner who's going to walk with them. And, and as a doctor and as somebody who's doing that, I also want the patients who are going to make me study more. Yes. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing that makes me happier than I have a patient come in. Who's like, I have this crazy thing. I've been to 20 doctors and like, whatever. And I'm like, cool. Let's, you know, like, Bring I, it. I, I <laughs> that, like, you know, that Chinese herbs and acupuncture can help support that. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing all the research I can to see other ways that we might be able to optimize it and like how I can best, you know, work with you. But like, if I get to study more, I'm down. I'm in. <laughs> You're amazing. So actually, I have a question for you because there's a couple of conditions that just keep coming up. As you know, I've got this this Facebook community. And so being in a in a Facebook community of that size where you have thousands of people like you, you start to get a sense of what are the things that these and maybe it 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 changes over time, but the things that I'm, that I see so much of are this Lyme, which is going back to that whole dormant virus issue, right? The Lyme, I'm seeing a massive amount of people it, dealing with like intractable systems and, and symptoms and just hitting walls on it. And the other one, and I don't know if you have experience with this one is MCAS, like this whole mast cell activation syndrome. So and, and mast cell activation, I mean, Lyme, I think it's been around long enough that there's enough people out there. I mean, they're starting to be, I honestly think there's still a lot, lot that can be done. But if you, I, I don't know if you want to talk, address either of those two at all in any way from the lens of CBD or Chinese medicine, or maybe is that a hybrid or do those, do those disciplines kind of have anything to offer in those worlds? I'm going to, yes, yes, but... <laughs> I'm also personally obsessed with ozone. Um, so that's always something I would throw in for anybody modulating their immune system or trying to get rid of latent pathogens. Um, MMS is also a very controversial but interesting molecule that people can look into. Um, but um, I, yeah, one of Remy's doctors had chronic Lyme and because she lived in Pennsylvania and she uh, has a book life after Lyme and she worked with MMS a lot and she's, she's really, really brilliant. I respect her work a lot, but I I've treated Lyme or I guess I can't say I've treated Lyme. I have treated the symptoms of Lyme. I can't say that I treat any Western diagnosis since I'm a doctor right. of Chinese medicine. Um, but I've worked with patients with Lyme before, um, with Chinese herbs and often you want to, 
you know, in Chinese medicine, we consider Lyme uh, a goo syndrome. So it's these sort of lurking hidden pathogens that are within the system that, you know, are sort of hard for us to get, get rid of. So, you know, it's, it's very similar to what you're going to see in functional medicine. You want to not only clear those latent pathogens, but you want to optimize the gut, reduce inflammation, and then modulate the immune system. So the things that I think of in terms of what we have with radical roots as sort of a take, take off the shelf thing is um, our middle management is actually a really strong formula. I bumped that up pretty high. So that is a classical formula based on that school of spleen and stomach that I mentioned before from, I think it was like 300 AD or something or 500 AD. Um, so this formula is used to optimize the gut. But then what I did was I added um, herbs in there that break down biofilm. Oh, wow. And, um, and help clear candida. So patchouli actually is great for clearing candida and breaking down biofilm. Um, it is a strong, and then there's also some herbs that are antiviral that specifically go to the GI. That's one thing that's really fun in Chinese medicine is some of our herbs have specific directions and locations in the body. So we can sort of guide the formula to different places. Um, so that is a really strong formula really, really helpful, but it's something that I always recommend that people go low and slow. I've done a ton of work on my gut and I still had Herx response from taking that. So if you do have any sort of Herx response, you know, as that biofilm's breaking down, um, you know, you can sort of get some of those mold responses or anything, you know, just slow it down, take some charcoal, drink extra water, you know, just do it, do it responsibly and slowly. But the, the middle management is fantastic. Um, and then just even just a regular CBD, like our complete spectrum would be great because that's going to help modulate the immune system again. So it's sort of getting it back into that, you know, where it's going to be hypo responsive in some places with these disorders and then hyper responses in others. Um, it's, it's really, really great with modulating that. And there's so much more, you know, research coming out on that. There's a research study coming out on CBD uh, modulating cytokine storms. Wow. Um, and uh, also there was a recent study on it, you know, helping support people uh, going through COVID-19. So there's, there's a lot of research on it modulating the immune system. So that can really help also, you know, not only with Lyme, but uh, with the mast cell activation syndrome, which is something I personally have and is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> well, it's a nightmare. I, 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 like I've spoken to people that who can, they get to a point where they can barely tolerate anything. Yeah. And even in, from an environmental perspective, like people who just itch all the time. Um, and like one woman I'm thinking of in particular, she might be listening to this episode. So, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> and she, and the last time we spoke, she said to me, you know, I keep thinking that one day you're going to find that thing that's going to help me. <laughs> Like, believe me, you're always on my mind. I'm always looking for, like, what is the thing that we haven't looked at yet? Well, I think, I mean, to me personally, I would not be surprised. I mean, almost at the heart of any of these disorders, you know, it really just comes down to the gut. And I would not be surprised if there's some sort of latent pathogenic factor, some sort of viral level in there. Um, so to me, it's really looking at those two things as much as possible for mast cell in terms of our stuff, we have windshield also. So in Chinese medicine, uh, we have, uh, sort of like our defensive chi, we call it our wei chi. So it's, 
you know, to, to boost your immune system when you're getting sick, right? But it also helps protect you from wind and wind is gonna be anything that's gonna make you itchy. Huh. In Chinese medicine, we use environmental factors to describe physiological actions because right. they came up with this language 5,000 years ago. We didn't have microscopes then. Yeah. How much good have microscopes done us anyone? <laughs> I'm not questionable. But so, so windshield really helps boost the immune system, which isn't necessarily what you're looking to do with mast cell, mm -hmm. but it also helps sort of, you know, like that's the thing with herbs. It always has that sort of regulating action, you know, so- right. Mass, uh, so windshield, a lot of times what I'll have people do is I'll have them take one pill of middle management and one pill of windshield twice a day. If they have sort of that immune compromised issues that are causing like hyperimmune response. So like windshield is not only great to boost your immune system. If like, say you were around somebody who had a cold or flu, right. Feeling like you might get a cold or flu. Um, but, or going to a conference with thousands of people and hugging everybody. So windshield should be in the emergency kit, basically exactly. in, in the standard kit. Yeah. It's Not even the emergency. Yeah. Um, but so if you, so I find that those two work really well together for people who sort of have those lingering immune issues. Windshield can also be great for like allergies, even like that's what I use those two together for allergy season. Um, so, you know, in Chinese medicine, we really prefer to customize it for each person just to make sure that you're getting exactly the right thing for you and how it's presenting within your body. Like we've been seeing with COVID, which has been such a beautiful example of, oh. of how to use individual, how we should be using individualized medicine. You know, everybody responded to this virus differently. Some people had no response. Some people had lung stuff. Some people had head stuff. Some people had, you know, GI stuff. And that really shows how individually our systems work and respond. And that's why, you know, Chinese medicine has this brilliance of we are going to individualize mm -hmm. these formulas for you based on what's going on. So even if you're using our formulas, I tried to make it so that everything is safe and effective to be taken off of the shelf. Um, but, you know, we're, we're working on a way so that people can get more direct customized uh, formulations so that they can get exactly what's right for them, even if it's just using our products um, in the right way for them. We're trying to figure out the best way to make that available for people. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's I'm, I love that. And honestly, if you think about it, I think the Chinese medicine system probably was doing personalized medicine long before personalized medicine all of a sudden became this big buzzword right in eastern and where we in western medicine like where we live it's all of a sudden oh yeah personalized medicine it's like the new thing and when you look at these much older systems and i think ayurvedic is similar in that sense again like thousands of years of data and and practice and they're also, interestingly enough, using the elements, right? The earth, the wind, the, what is it? Earth, air, and fire or water, whatever. Oh. I mean, all of those things. Um, but basically just using a different framework, but again, per highly personalized to the individual. And so this, this new, you were talking about this before we started, really, this whole idea of yours of creating um, a way for you to help people to personalize your products. And, and I can't imagine how you ever came up with the formulas you put out to the world, because as someone who so believes in personalization, it's like, you'd be sitting there going, well, yeah, it's going to work for most of them, but it's not, but if somebody has this or somebody has that, or somebody has the other thing, how do we address that? And it sounds like your new brainchild is really 
moving into that space. Yeah, I'm hoping so. So, well, with our formulas, what I did was, so in Chinese medicine, we look at things as underlying patterns of disharmony, right? It's not like a diagnosis. It's like, where's your pattern of disharmony? Where's your sort of weakness, right? So it's like, so insomnia is always an easy example to give. Some people have the monkey mind before bed. They can't go to bed. That's spleen chi deficiency. That's more of a digestive weakness in Chinese medicine where you're worrying, you're overthinking things. You might have some loose stools. That's, that's that type of insomnia. Then there's like liver chi stagnation insomnia where you're more stressed, you're more irritable, you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, maybe more PMSy. Then you're going to wake up between one and three. Right? right. That's a different type of insomnia. And then there's, you know, then there's the hot flashes at nighttime. That's a whole different type of insomnia. So what we did was we looked at the main patterns of disharmony that we see in our patients. And then we created a formula that sort of addressed the, the top three, which are mainly like the main ones, you know, like the top three or whatever, so that all of those things were being sort of balanced out without overwhelmingly going to one or the other because we have I mean so in Chinese herbology we have about 350 400 herbs that we use regularly and then we have about 150 200 classical Chinese herbal formulas that we often will use as like a base formula and then we modify that for the patients or we can just write fully custom formulas but so some of ours are completely custom. Some of them are based off, you know, some I modified from classical formulas to address sort of some of the more common ailments that I see today. Like with the GI stuff, it's like, I rarely see a patient whose GI does not have some level of dysbiosis, right? Or yeah. like some level of pathogens in the gut, you know? So I really wanted to just get that out, you know? <laughs> um, so, I, so I took a classical formula and I, I bumped it up pretty hard. Um, it's not going to be perfect for everybody, but, um, but yeah, so with this other model that I'm working on, uh, the goal will be fully custom formulas, really focusing on being proactive about health instead of reactive about health, using the wisdom of Chinese herbal medicine in order to potentiate our health and really live our best lives, you know, cause we really understand the mind and body connection and mm-hmm. our and they're, they're oddly connected. And Funny how that works. <laughs> and when you work on one, you work on the other. And when we're able to optimize that, we're also able to support our immune health and be stronger, harder to kill, and uh, have more joyful days, which I think we all really need right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to launching that soon. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a very, um, that's such an exciting project that you've got. I'm, I'm super excited about it myself. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's the way forward. Right. And um, anyway, I think that'll be really exciting. So as we, as we start to wind down a little bit, I think some of the things we were going to maybe talk about or maybe touch on, and you kind of have already is kind of like the, like the main differences between Western medicine and traditional Chinese medicine which we've definitely talked about in some ways, but also, you know, continuing on that vein is why do you, why do you feel it's, it's just so much more effective than conventional Western medicine? This, this whole, it's a completely different approach, obviously, but I mean, I feel like I could almost answer it now between the conversation we had before and now, but I'm going to let you rip because you're the guest. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, so the two, the two greatest honors of my life 
are and will always be one being my son's mom, which is the greatest gift. He's the most incredible teacher I could ever have hoped for or dreamed up. And <laughs> he challenges me and, and makes me grow every single day and also encourages me to enjoy all of the little things. Um, and, you know, the, the incredible blessing and honor that I have of practicing Chinese herbal medicine and Chinese medicine in general. I mean, it is something that I stumbled into. It's truly a calling and it's truly just unbelievable. Like you said before, it's, you know, it's 5,000 years of medicine. So it is a lifelong pursuit of study and I will never become an expert in it. And to me, that's something that I really love. I'm a big nerd and it's, it's just, it's just a profoundly life-changing medicine and study. I'm a, I am a Taoist. It's something that I've studied a lot. I think everybody should read the Tao. Um, I think it's a, a beautiful way of looking at the world in terms of allowing things to unfold and trusting our own path. Um, but really Chinese medicine one of the things for me that's so powerful with Chinese medicine is helping patients really understand their body and really understand their connection to their body, to the earth, to nature, um, to how they're feeling. I mean, our society is so disconnected from our bodies that mm -hmm. literally, and I say this often, there is a show, I did not know I was pregnant. I had a family member who had two children and did not know she was pregnant. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. Um, so it really, really happens in real life. And, you know, I've been pregnant, you know, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot to make a person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, I have patients who come in and they're like, yeah, I get my period once every three months. It's fine. You know, like, yeah, I poop once every five days or I have diarrhea 30 times a day, you know, just starting people to like, understand that their bodies have so much more potential that their their minds have so much more potential their lives have so much more potential for joy and health and healing um and helping them you know it's, as you were saying you want the doctor to walk with you you want we need the patient to walk with us you know like yeah. i can give you all the herbs in the world but if you're not going to take them if you're not going to sleep if you're going to eat shit all day if you're going to like talk horribly to yourself then the herbs aren't going to do anything you know but like as a practitioner, I want to walk with my patients, but the patients also have to walk too, you know? Yeah. So it's a medicine that really honors, I mean, it's, it just, it honors us as individuals, but it also honors us as a community. And something that we were talking, we were going to talk about a little bit is, you know, the idea of the middle way, mm -hmm. you know, it's like our society has gotten so focused on these extremes, whether it's extreme working out, it's extreme fasting, it's extreme, you know, Dunkin' Donuts saying it's, you know, like it's extreme politics on either end. Like I was going to say extreme beliefs that exactly. it's becoming so divisive, right? We're living in such a divisive world. It's, it's, it's totally startling and disheartening and terrifying to see how we've been pit against each other into these camps um, of left versus right, of, you know, healthy versus unhealthy, you know, like we are all humans having a human experience. And it's so important that we have compassion and empathy for one another and understand that there is no right or wrong in this life. And that like, we are all working together to do the best that we can. And maybe if we can work together a little bit more, if we can communicate better, 
you know, and start that with yourself, you know, like check in with yourself. Like, how am I feeling? Who am I? What brings me joy? Like, does hating on my neighbor for their choice being different than mine actually bring me joy? Like, can we talk and disagree with respect? Um, you know, so it's a, it's a medicine that honors, you know, ourselves, our communities and, and nature in a really, really beautiful and profound way. So I think it has a lot of lessons that can be brought out to our society and really hopefully help heal a lot of the chasms that we're having, both in terms of health uh, on a personal level and on a community level. Yeah. I amen to that, to all of that. I think that, um, yeah, I think you've touched on a lot of, a lot of the, you know, of the sore points right now. I think that, and it's not helping anybody. It's not helping anybody to get any healthier. It's not helping us as a society to move forward or to find our way through this mess that we're in right now. And I mean, it is, it is a mess. Like I'm sitting in a city where we we're locked down once again. And, you know, one of the things I was really angry about at the beginning, but what, what I started to, what really I came to understand is in this case, it's not a question of the sick people and the not sick people. It's a question of a healthcare system that we have not cared for in decades. We've been, slashing at it. Like our governments have been slashing budgets. They've been cutting away at it. They haven't valued. Um, and I'm talking about the conventional system here because we need them, right? Like I wouldn't be sitting here. My son wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Western medicine. We wouldn't have made it through his birth experience, which was pretty challenging. So at some level, we haven't, you know, we haven't cared for these systems that we have and it doesn't take much to bring them to their knees now. And so it's, it's and, and even in the conversation I'm seeing in the U.S., there seems to be in some circle a complete dismissal of what's going on in hospitals and a complete dismissal of what's happening with the healthcare workers who are left, because a lot of them have left. They failed completely. And who could blame them? <laughs> They're kind of done. Refusing <laughs> to, to make a medical choice. That's their medical choice. Yeah, exactly. So, number one, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face to begin with, like to be clear. Um, and we've we've crippled our own systems and nobody's, we're not acknowledging that. We're not honoring the people who were able to make the choice to stay and or the people who made a decision for themselves who are now, not only are they being punished, but you know what, here's the news. Everybody else is suffering with them. Totally. Well, and it, you know, like it comes back to that rational middle way. Like, you know, we can't deny that there's a virus out there that's making people very sick and many people are dying. We yeah. also can't deny the fact that lockdowns and firing people and mandates are having catastrophic effects on our mental health, on our physical health, on our communities, on our small businesses, on our on, on many, many things. Yeah. So like, like, absolutely. You know, Till we can all come together and have conversations that are rational, that look at all the sides and like, you know, start exploring this, you know, we've been, you know, through social media and through, you know, just media and, you know, society or government. Everything. Yeah. We've been so divided, but really, like, I think if we're able to talk to each other and like find that middle path, you know, and I, I kind of hate to say this, but I don't need to say this, but it's not left versus right. It's, it's the people versus the government, you know, like at this point, like, I really don't think that like the government, big tech, big pharma, you know, like maybe some of them have our best interests at heart, but like in general, like they're, the message is just, 
being muddled and they're they're using these divisive tactics to to divide us and create division while they're gaining more and more money and power and control and you know to me it's like you know we as people need to come together and and respect each other's healthcare choices you know whether you're going to get vaccinated whether you're not whether you're going to you know choose to foster health or not like again we are all doing the best that we can with the information that we have you know like nobody can say for somebody what the right medical decision is like you have yeah. to make that decision you and your doctor um i don't know the whole thing has just gotten so insane well i think the the thing that you said the middle way which is the way of chinese medicine is being lost in all this the nuance nuance is being lost and and maybe part of it you know when we look at the governments who are trying to Let's let's assume they're just trying to find a solution, the fastest way out of this, their belief it, or for whatever reason to them, they've completely let go of nuance and just gone at it with a very single minded approach. Um, and maybe it's because they think that that'll be the fastest way out, but it's it's turning into. It's turning into, I think, a real societal problem for so many people and to your point, like the divisiveness that we're seeing and experiencing on an individual basis, on a community basis, you know, taking that out is it's doing a lot of damage. It's doing damage to people's relationships and to, to themselves. So, I mean, we're dividing families, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and with what, you know, like we're not even acknowledging, uh, you know, innate immunity for people who have already had COVID, you know, like that's an important thing, you know, like, again, it's, it's important to respect people's choices. It's important to be respectful of this virus. I have a lot, like I, you know, I had cutaneous leishmaniasis when I was 16. I've been studying epidemiology for a long time. I have a child uh, with a very severe neurological condition. I've been studying vaccines for a long time because I needed to see whether Remy is at higher risk for vaccine injury because he is a child who has neurological challenges already. You know, so I've been looking at all of these sorts of things for, for a very long time. And there are pros and cons to all of it. And again, it comes mm -hmm. back to that individualized medicine um, and, and individualized choices, you know, but it's, you know, I think everybody needs to, at the heart of it, like take a deep breath, know that like, you know, you are going to be okay, most likely, like take the actions that make you feel most safe, because the fear, I think, is one of the most insidious and horrific aspects of these past two years. Now, not only are we fearful of the virus, but we're fearful of our neighbors. You know, I would yeah. go to the playground and there'll be kids there with their masks on and the parents are screaming at them to stay six feet away from each other. You know, what are gonna be the long-term implications of this for these children in terms of them fearing other people? What about the, neuro, the, the mirror neurons that young children need in order to develop parts of their brain that are the fairly essential, you know, like it's, Again, we just need to look at it from a broader scope. We need to have compassion for each other and we need to like open up the discussion. And that's one thing, you know, again, like if we look at Western medicine versus Chinese medicine with Western medicine, we're really looking at this, this one compound, this one end game, you know, we're looking at like, you know, ending coronavirus, but we're not looking at the whole picture of what's happening you know, on the other end, you know, or, you know, like, so people will often be like, well, what pathway does this herb work on? And I'm like, I don't know, it works on the body in this synergistic, beautiful way. And da, 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 you know, like, 
Um, so I love nerding out on that, but like in Chinese medicine, it's such a more holistic view. And again, like not only of the body, but of our communities. And it, it just has so much wisdom to bring um, to, to all of us. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And it's funny when you say, you know, what pathway, what one pathway does this work on? And we we often forget that the body doesn't work in a pathway. It's, yeah. yeah, there might be one pathway that's really impacted, but if you don't believe or think or know that there are multiple other aspects that are being affected at the same time, some of which we know, and some of which we don't know, which is probably what brings a lot of the individual response to different things to the table that we can't predict yet. We cannot yet know, and it'll probably, who knows if we'll ever be there, Maybe AI will get it and get us there. Maybe AI will be our undoing. Who knows? But um, at this stage of the game, the body is is a system. And everything that we put on that system is going to affect the entire system. And to your point, with fear and stress, we both know that fear and stress are two emotions that can literally shut down a person's immune system. It can literally, you know, it can make us sick beyond, you know, or exacerbate the effect of any other pathogen on our body. So moving ourselves into a place where we can start to hopefully move past a lot of the fear and misery that's defined the last couple of years, I think is, is going to be an integral part of our way out of where we are right now. Well, exactly. And I think if you take, take the steps that you can to feel as empowered as you ha- can in your personal health, then that takes away a lot of that fear, you know? And then, you know, as I was saying, like, you know, Chinese medicine uses the body as a microcosm of the macrocosm. So like it's, it's what's going on in our bodies in terms of the fear is, is being reflected in our communities and our nations and the world right now. So like, again, like just, you know, just be, just be kind. Like if there's somebody in your neighborhood, if somebody's mean, if something happens, you know, just remember that everybody's in a really, really difficult situation right now. You know, I was mentioning to you before, I'm a single mom of a child with special needs, like yeah. uh, lockdown, the pandemic, like this was just a Tuesday for me. Like everybody's like, Oh my God, I'm so isolated. I'm like, yeah, for us, it's, it's <laughs> like, this is like, you know, when Remy had to come home from school, that was clearly very challenging. But like, in terms of like isolation, like us special needs families, like we have been doing this for years, you know, like it's very hard to take a child like my son, like Remy doesn't even get invited anywhere <laughs> ever. Right. But like Taking him anywhere is, is a, very significant challenge, especially as a single mom, you know, but like the isolation that's come upon our society has incredibly detrimental effects on our mental health and our our levels of fear and our immune system. Um, So, you know, just, I just really want to encourage people to just have compassion and patience for other people, send love in the way that you can and try and be you know, be the light, be, be the joy, be the strength, you know, that you can be because we really need everybody who is in a, in, in the place where they can um, shine that, that sort of light, really stepping up to, to sort of be that, that guiding force. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, I, I'm with you. I, you know, I lived that isolation for a very short time when my son was born because he was a preemie. And so I had one winter, which is, doesn't even compare to your world, 
But I had one winter when after we finally brought him home from the hospital where I had, you know, they put the fear of God into me saying you are not to take this child into a mall. You're not to take him into a grocery store like you got to stay away from people because at that time his lungs were so fragile, I guess, that it wouldn't have taken much for him to wind right back up into the hospital. So it was a very strange time. And it's funny, I haven't hadn't really thought about it until you just mentioned it now, that when you have a child that has certain guidelines that they have to live within, it, it redefines your world. And, it, oh. and, you know, in my case, it didn't last very long. It was very short-lived. And so it wasn't that big a deal, but I can only, you know, to extrapolate that to years, like it's, it's a thing, like it's, it's, it's a big thing. So kudos to you for having that shiny, joyful outlook that you have. <laughs> it's good, man. He's so cute. I mean, anybody who follows us on Instagram is always messaging me. He really is just like the hat. I mean, I'm so fortunate. There are so many children with special needs who are really uncomfortable or in daily pain right. or daily seizures. And luckily Remy does not have any of those. And um, so he is really just the happiest little dude in the world. And it's amazing to see somebody who struggles with so much. I mean, just the, the smallest tasks that you and I just would never even think about. You know, he, he's, he can't even come close to, to doing or he'll, he'll spend forever just trying to get a bubble wand back into like the bubble solution, you know, and he just does it with all the patients in the world and he works so hard. So I'm like, you know, if this kid can show up and give 150% every single day and do it with joy and love, like I got to do everything I can to show up and match that. So I try. Well, (laughs) as you said, your greatest teacher, right? So that's, that's pretty amazing. Well, Chloe, um, how can people find you and, uh, and access your amazing elixirs and potions and whatnot? (laughs) Elixirs and potions. I know. I, I fancy myself somewhat of a Hogwarts graduate, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would say that's well deserved. <laughs> um, we have, my website is radicalrootsherbs.com. You can find us on Instagram at radicalrootsherbs. Um, if people have any questions about our products, it's really hard with CBD. We get shut down regularly. Um, if we say anything that seems like a claim, like even for our flow state, which has, I wrote this formula, like classical Chinese formula has been used for centuries to support women's health. And my credit card processor got shut down for a month. So Come on. Website, you'll see that everything is very cryptic. It's like may sort of slightly induce sleep. So we try to make everything <laughs> named after what it does. Um, but if you have questions, you can reach out to me. I'm going to figure out a way that people can just get more recommendations on our products. Um, I'm hoping to launch uh, the private membership association, which will have the custom herbal Um, subscription model pretty soon. So if you sign up at Radical Roots, you'll get an email about that. And then just in general, people can email me at Chloe at RadicalRootsHerbs.com. Oh, and then for any uh, parents who have children with special needs, um, I just compiled like a bunch of resources onto Remy'sRevenge.com. I'm not an affiliate of any of the things. It's just a bunch of the books and stuff that I started with that I would recommend so that other families have like a, a starting point. So... Love it. Thank you so much, Chloe. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time today. And um, I hope that we get to do this again. And I don't know, maybe in the fall, once you've launched the private members association, which by the way, I love the PMA. 
um, we can chat again about that. Sounds great. I'd love to. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly or if you'd like to leave any comments or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.